Coming to you live from a tiny house somewhere in Ohio is Carter Elliott and today the Sleepers Podcast because where Cart goes, I go. Folks, it's Monday, July 24th, 11th consecutive Monday through Friday day of getting a brand new Sleepers episode in your inbox. And look, the circumstances could have easily ruled us out for today. Cart put his head down, said, we're going to do an episode today from the wilderness, from a tiny house. He might not even have internet connection. We don't know, but it's impressive stuff from the big man. We appreciate him today. Cart, uh, I feel like the floor should be yours today. The world is your oyster. How you doing? Where are you, first of all, and what are the vibes like? Uh, I am in Hocking Hills, Ohio, which is about an hour outside of Columbus. At For anyone who knows, they're called Getaway Homes, Getaway Houses. It's a company that literally puts tiny homes in the middle of nowhere, like an hour outside of major cities. So I'm in Hocking Hills, Ohio. Uh, some good scenery, good nature. Don't know if I'd recommend coming to the city of Hocking Hills. Hocking Hills Walmart is one of the scariest places I've ever set foot into. But uh, this is this is a case of wanting it. After the debacle of missing my alarm on Friday, I mean, folks, I'm on hotspot right now in the one spot in my getaway home because it doesn't have Wi-Fi that my signal works on my phone. So this is this is the definition of wanting it. Great backdrop, great windows, as you can see, trees and shit going on. So, yeah, nature. It's great. Yeah, if there was ever a good tease for watching our YouTube video instead of listening to the show, which you can do on Apple and Spotify, uh, it's Carter's backdrop today. I mean, I feel like I can walk out and hear the birds chirping right now just from looking at where he is. It's impressive stuff. Uh, Cart, we love you. I just want to say that. I want to make that definitively clear after the debacle that was Friday. Uh, I speak for all of Sleepers Nation. In fact, you'll hear some comments here that just wanted to make it known. We are still Team Cart, despite one alarm fiasco. And uh, we appreciate you putting in the effort on your vacation today. I was worried. You did text me about the Walmart situation. I got a little scared for you. I mean, it seemed like the personnel that was in that Walmart, it could have very easily gone south. And I don't like, I, I mean, you're a man who thrives in all situations. You you pride yourself on that. That didn't seem like a situation you could thrive in. No, it didn't. And one last thing about this, like, you know, have you, have you been in a Walmart like recently or like, do you remember the last time you were in a Walmart? I genuinely can't. I don't, I don't go to Walmart. Yeah, I, I don't typically go. I feel like the only time I step into a Walmart is when like I'm on some type of camping or nature trip. I don't know. Walmart just seem to always pop themselves up. But one thing about Walmart is they always have everything. Like that's the one thing you can't doubt. If you can't find it at Walmart, you typically can't find it anywhere. So I was going to get, you know, some tequila to make my passion fruit tequila and watermelon beverages for around the campfire. Shout out to Drizzy. And they didn't have any liquor, like any brand name liquor. Like all the liquors they had, I've never seen in my life. And I was like looking in the section, I asked the lady, I was like, um like do you guys have any like you know like this, this is the off-brand section obviously like where's the name brand stuff where's some stuff that i actually recognize like oh yeah we don't have that here all we have is uh you know twisted tea whiskey and like stuff i've never even heard before gee like this isn't even like rum chata level stuff i could not even recognize any of these names of this stuff so i was automatically in shambles and then the environment threw me off even more yeah, I, mean, I figured they were just going to try to sell you a bottle of Jan 6 gin. And uh, I don't know. It seem, seems like that's that's not a good tasting beverage, I would say. Uh, well, I'm good to see, one, you're still alive. Two, it seems like vibes are high. Uh, and hmm. all, all in all, great weekend at the tiny house. Is it really like, is it weird for you to be in a tiny house? Because I feel like to you, all houses are tiny. Yeah, but I mean, this is like extremely tiny. Like my bed is right here behind me and I can touch the door to the bathroom right now as I'm sitting down and I'm sitting at the small table, but not as tiny as you think. I think very efficient. Okay. I see where our good friend Elias uh, Bodiger, you know, gets his love for these little, these little houses. And I know I just butchered it. Yeah. Is, is, Bodiger, is, Bodiger, is, Bodiger, is Bo- Bodiger? Is it, is it Bodiger? By Edgar? I don't Bedeker. know. Bodiger. I'm pretty sure. I think I just call him a I just call him Elias for a moment. 
He has earned one of your prestigious middle name nicknames. It's impressive stuff. All right, week three of the Daily Sleepers episodes, Monday through Friday. You can get these uh, wherever podcasts can be listened to and, of course, on our YouTube channel. If you're on the YouTube channel, like and subscribe. It helps us immensely when you do so. We actually have made a little bit of money the last couple weeks now that we've moved to the daily thing. It's more income than has ever come through Sleepers Media Enterprises. And uh, I alluded to this on Friday with the, the crack on my shoulder bit. But uh, we are working behind the scenes on some very exciting things. Hopefully some positive developments come into play before the season starts. And uh, the more support that you show on the YouTube channel in the offseason, the more that helps us in a big way with all of those behind the scenes maneuverings. Every episode, we start with comments from the last episode. So, Cart, it looks like we have uh, 11 comments today from Friday's episode. We will start today's show with those right now. Natalie Rose 2548 says, Hey guys, love the podcast. Can we please take a second to appreciate Travis Trice, one of her favorite Spartans, for showing up to Moneyball? Pretty cool of him. Oh, that's amazing. I mean, we talked about it, G. Like, the one thing I said that Moneyball could improve on is working on getting the former Michigan State guys back. And Travis Trice was back on campus and he was able to play in the game. And I think Travis Trice, I don't think there's a cert any Spartans who could like say a bad thing about Travis Trice. I think he's one of those players or former Spartans that's like really well beloved and you can't even find one person who's not a fan of him. The one thing I will say is that Travis Trice and Cassius Winston were back on campus at the same time on that same day. Cash did not play in Moneyball. That hurts me. I know that he didn't, but there was a reason he didn't play in it. I guess he was working out his new contract for his team in Turkey. That's why he did not play, but that would have been amazing to get Travis and Cassius playing. But I think that's what's going to make Moneyball really good is getting those former guys back to play in it. Yeah, you essentially manifested that. You said you wanted it. Travis Trice must have hey, listened so, some, to it. Some are saying I didn't want to say it, but hey. Travis are, Trice also a, a Sleepers podcast veteran. That's that's forgotten about a lot of times, I feel like. Oh, what, Travis Trice did come on Sleepers. He did. He came on Sleepers and we... uh. And I, I'm, actually, I won't say anything negative about Trav because, uh, one, I have to honor Natalie Rose's comment. Two, Travis Trice's run through the NCAA tournament uh, coincided with my senior year at Michigan State. So he gave me an opportunity to go watch a Final Four in person while I was in school. And that was a very magical run. I'll never forget that team's lead they had on Duke in that Final Four game. I'm sitting there looking at my now wife at the time girlfriend like they're gonna do this thing of course they did not do the thing but uh it was a pretty magical run of course but uh yeah go if you go back and listen to our episode with trav one of the more interesting episodes i think we've had i would just say that you can still find it on the youtube channel but you and i we always call each other after we do any of these interviews just like how to go i remember we called each other just like that wasn't what we expected <laughs> from yeah trav. it definitely it was between that one and I feel like the one I always remember, the one I called you afterwards, and I was like, wow, was when we interviewed Kenny Goins. Yes, yes. That one knocked me off my pivot a little that, bit. That, that one was a little scary for sure. Um, all right, moving on, Ulamog. Wait, actually, not moving on. Did we interview Travis Trice? Am I just totally confusing this? <laughs> are you Are you confusing him with Brandon Wood? No. I know uh, Brandon's our boy. We love Brandon Wood. I might yeah, be I know. I might be confusing it with Kenny Goins. I think you are confused with Kenny because we, we never we, we we've never interviewed Travis Trice. Yeah, we had Kenny on. We had Costello. Are we sure we haven't interviewed Travis Trice? Why do I feel like we've interviewed Travis Trice? Keep, keep keep going through this. I'm about to look this up. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna need you to look this Dude, up while we not. move on. I'm I'm swearing. I don't think we. Travis I don't Trice. think we did. Then we, we at the very I do remember least, asking him. I do remember sliding in the DMs. At the very least, we had a date set with him, and then it was backed out. I'm maybe that's why I'm confusing it with Kenny Goins, which was a very confusing interview. Um, but wow, the wow, only backed out one we had with Derek Nix. Cart, wow, am I off my game on a Monday morning? You can tell I haven't got okay. my run in and I haven't had a sip of coffee for this episode. Moving on. Ulamog says, here's my one big thing presented by Big B, of course. Golf focuses way too much on champions. They need to recognize top finishes like how college basketball raises banners for Final Fours. Scotty's streak of top 12 finishes is very impressive. Rory gets shit on for not winning a major since 2014. Everyone's looking for the next Tiger. We won't see another consistent winner in modern golf. Uh, or am I just acting like a Michigan fan counting sweet 16s? What do you think, Cart? Uh, I... Okay, well, he is acting like a Michigan fan counting Sweet 16s. I will say that. That's that's a fact. But I don't know. Greg, I've told you this because, uh, I don't know, I guess I've 
I've always watched golf, but I, I come to you for golf things like golf. I feel like golf and tennis are two things that I'm really coming to you for to seek guidance and advice. And comments that were said by me was, okay, Scotty is the best player in the world. The best, like he's number one, but he, he's like the worst putter. Like that just, it doesn't align to me and it, it, it ruins it for me. And I don't even want to talk about how my Sunday was ruined yesterday. I know we're going to talk about that later in this episode, but I don't know. Golf is just weird to me. It's it's weird to me as far as how the top players maybe don't dominate as much as they should. Or like getting a top five is dominating, but not, not as much like winning, if that makes sense. Like actually winning the whole thing. Yeah, we have a whole segment dedicated that we'll get to very shortly on my general thoughts on should we like honor non-wins or something like that. Uh, it My stance in general in golf, golf is very hard. Obviously, it's one of the more yeah. difficult games to be dominant in, though. Like, even I, I feel like most other sports, like if you're the best player in the world, you can just win individual match matchups more often than not. Golf's not like that. Like, you can be the best player in the world and miss a cut. Like that, that happens unless you're Tiger Woods. Um, I don't believe that they should recognize finishes or at least like not honor it. Maybe they should keep a record of it more. Like maybe when they pull up like a little banner during a tournament, it's like Scotty Scheffler last win here like like let's have a column for wins top fives top 10 i'm fine with all that especially with the majors um i would argue maybe it's just like cuts made and then top 10s and then wins but uh in general i think wins are what matters and more thoughts on that in general Uluma. good question good we comment. uh we did interview travis trice on unscripted there it is i knew it happened once uh yeah i i am confusing the vibes of it with the kenny goins one though but still weird. No, I, 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 I might go back and listen, but I think it has something to do with at the time. This might have been when Michigan State was like 18 and one, but like the schedule wasn't that tough. And you were kind of drilling them with some hard questions. And he was like, oh, Michigan State is the best team in the country. Or like, or like the, some players are the best guard in the country and something like that. And it just, I think you could visually see it eating at you. <laughs> I'll have to watch it back and see though. But I think that was it. But I do remember it being not bad. It was just like, I don't know. It was different. I'm just, I'm glad that actually happened. And I didn't completely manifest that from a dream into reality. Noah Bonima 9736. Hope I didn't botch that pronunciation says, do you think Jackson Kohler will ever be a good big 10 center? Personally, I could see him being a good back to the basket player eventually, but I don't think there's any chance of him being a decent rebounder or defender. What do you think? Yeah, I, I really, I don't know. I think it's a little bit tough to say he won't be a decent a, de a decent a decent is not that bad i can i could see him being a decent defender honestly i would take decent defender over decent rebounder i just don't know if he has the ability to use his body enough when you're undersized center you got to be able to use like your frame and your wagon to carve out space and i don't know if jackson really has that in his game to be honest with you but I'm really starting to come around on the idea and credit to you on this one is that I think Jackson will succeed most likely as a four and not a center at Michigan state. I think that'll be his best bet. Uh, there were some recent Michigan state practice clips came out where we saw a Jeremy fears drive and kick to the wing for a Jackson Kohler three, which got the, you know, got the masses a little bit excited, but I think Jackson's best situation will be him as a stretch four instead of a undersized five if that if i i don't know if you're on the same page with me on that one or not yeah i think to share your sentiment and twist noah's words a little bit i think jackson Kohler will be a good big 10 player i'm very confident in that i don't know if it's going to be at the center spot or at the power forward spot or where but i do feel confident it will end up happening uh, i do think i'm with you like I, I think there's a higher chance he becomes a juiced up bigger stronger joey hauser than there is he becomes like a, a regular sized Big Ten center. He's just short, man. That's not his fault either. Like he he can't grow four inches vertically, like just by pressing a button or getting in the weight room. So, um, you know, if he has a growth spurt, maybe I I still think his post game is going to be very good offensively, and you got to find ways to use that because you it's easier to do that at the five obviously than the four, but. Um, I, he can be a decent rebounder and defender though, at his size, like he can be decent. I don't think 
that's out of the question. I don't think we have to over-dramatize that in a negative way with him. But uh, look, it's a proving year for Jackson. Like If he can't emerge more from that group of three than he did last year, then I think there's fair conversations to be had. Last year, I'm basically willing to throw away because... Um, you know, I don't think any of the three of them looked good and he needed a year in the weight room very clearly. Moving on, Tristan Freeman says, <laughs> parentheses, anonymous commentary. Not going to lie, that first 15 minutes was the best chemistry I've seen in podcast history. Could Dump Truck be getting too comfortable at sleepers? Okay. A uh, couple things. One, that was some pretty good chemistry between you and Riley. I can't lie. But you guys have always had that. That's, that, that is what it is. Uh, Tristan, uh, my good man, love Tristan, busting brackets, my guy. I just started eating greens and vegetables and water, drinking water within the last year. So let's, you know, he's, I guess he's getting a little too big for his bridges. Um, and also the narrative around, uh, my body, uh, needs to stop. Okay. (laughs) Uh, like I, ever since that dude tweeted that, like people have been you know, sending me peach emojis and uh, referring to my body in a way that makes me feel objectified. And I'm not a fan of it. Okay. So we're just going to go ahead and move on from Tristan's little comment. I'm surprised Tristan had the tech, the technological, the technological ability to make a YouTube profile. He strikes me as someone with a flip phone who can't do that. You know how I go through waves of like, I'll go a couple of weeks at a time of being your biggest fan, both publicly and privately. And then I'll go like a week where I just like try to tear you down from within. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm currently on an upswing of being your biggest fan. Again, I need some people to put some respect on cart. This man's in the weight room more than any person that I know. Uh, the jokes are, are fair because he takes them and he's one of the funniest people on earth. So you have to joke back with him. But like, let's be real. Like the fact there, the fact there was a comment on our YouTube section last week of like who would win in a boxing match is ridiculous. You could kill probably 99% of anyone who comments on these videos and you don't want to see that man. He's a problem. Okay. Uh, so Tristan, thanks for the comment. Appreciate the the humor there, but to Tony J 35's point, he cannot allow Tristan to attack Carter like that. Yeah. He slept in. Yeah. Greg was reliable and he wasn't. Yeah. Greg has a kid and many more responsibilities, but still is on time. Bottom line, Carter and Greg are still the best combo. Don't shortchange him. Both make this work. And it's why we are here folks. No new hosts or we riot. Thank you, Tony J. I agree with you. I love that. I love that energy, my man. Eat laughing stupid 4430 says, love it, fellas. Keep it up. Appreciate you. We will keep it up. Chase T65012 says, what do you think Terrace Reed can slash will become as a Wolverine? I'm going to take this first and then I'll let you chime in. Uh, I think Terrace can be an all big 10 player. I think he can be an all big 10 player sooner rather than later. Uh, I would think by the time he's a junior, the goal should be all big 10 stuff for him. I think he is one of the best defenders in the conference right now. He's got to prove he can stay on the floor without fouling for 30 minutes. But if he does, the sky is the limit this year. Michigan didn't get a backup center. Conway's going to play backup center. If Terrace Reed can play 35 minutes, I think there's 35 minutes for the taking for him this year. Offensively, he might just be a catch and dunk guy, but uh, he's strong enough. He moves his feet incredibly well. I think he can be a dominant defensive center in the Big Ten. Car, you flipped on Terrace in the past. Uh, you made a lot of jokes at his expense in the non-conference and preseason last year. I forget exactly what. I think at one point, wasn't he like Walmart Elton Brand or something uh, to you? No, it was um, like St. Louis Arch Eddie Curry. Yeah, that's what it was. And then I think oh. you saw Terrace Reed almost single-handedly uh, just monster your front court in the one loss Michigan State had to Michigan this year. And then it seemed like your narrative on Terrace flipped. Well, it, it changed before he had that monster six and six performance. Um, <laughs> just because, you know, obviously the jokes are the jokes. Terrace is a heavier set player. Uh, he did get into better shape coming into Michigan, but Back in his high school days, you know, with Link Academy, he definitely was a heavier gentleman. Uh, but what I will say is that, you know, when you watch Terrence play for a man of his size, what he can do as far as moving his feet, because usually when you have players of that size, the first thing that you want to do is like, okay, put that player in the pick and roll. Let's expose him. Let's make him make a, Let's make him come out and guard and make him move his feet. And that's usually how you attack players of that size. But with Terrace, he really has really good feet and mobility for his size. Like, I'm not saying he's fast, but in short spaces, like, he moves extremely well. And that's the one thing I noticed when watching him. And, you know, he's a player who's extremely strong. 
which I think will only get better. It's very rare that you see a freshman come into college basketball and be physically ready to dominate. Now, I'm not saying Terrace is dominating games, but just from a physical profile standpoint, he had the physical tools to hold his own in a in a college basketball game, let alone a Big Ten game, which, you know, I consider to be a more physical style of basketball. Let so, alone a rivalry game also. Let alone a rivalry game. You really want to speak about that game. I'm not even talking I, about that game. I'm talking about was, other games. Eight, but, by the way, eight, eight points, 10 rebounds, three blocks, two steals in 24 minutes. Yeah. That, that wasn't six and six. That was a, yeah. a hell of a performance. A couple of, a couple of those rebounds were on his own minute shots. But uh, what I was – like like I said, though, I like Terrace's outlook as far as a player at Michigan. I think he's a guy who's going to be at Michigan also for – uh, a good amount of time, as long as he doesn't, you know, for some reason hit the transfer portal or something like that, which I think is the scariest outlook for any of Michigan's good players right now. Like for me, I would be scared that this year goes extremely south and you lose Doug, you lose Terrace. And, you know, tampering is a huge thing in college basketball right now. But as far as just his outlook and what he is as a player, I'm a big Terrace Reeve fan. Yeah, it could happen. Uh, it would be burn the program down if that happens, and I think that would coincide with Juwan's departure, to be honest with you. Yeah, love Terrace. think he's Xavier Tillman-esque defensively, potentially. He has never scored double-digit points in a game, and he shot 40% from the free-throw line. He's got a lot of growth to do still, uh, but I love him. Steve Frisbee says, Purdue is good, but it's not a lock. By the end of last year, they were showing cracks, lost five of the last 12. Ten of their wins all year were by five or less. Favorable now, yes, for sure, no. Also, G-Wiz has been a meanie to cart the last two episodes, owes him an apology. Uh, I did call you at the end of last episode just to uh, essentially apologize. I was like, I think I crossed the line there. That's on me. So and that was I before Steve's what, 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 what did I say back? We keep, we keep those conversations under under Curtin's card. People don't need to know what was said. Just I'm just throwing out there to Steve just to let him know. I do love my boy card if my uh, my positive monologue wasn't enough to know. Purdue is good. Uh, you're right. It's not a lock. Nothing is ever a lock. But I, I just like as we're framing the preseason, there should be separation between Purdue and a team that's yeah. lost 13 games three years in a row. It just should be. This, this, is, this is the one thing for me. Like, you could say Purdue showed, I don't know, cracks in the armor or something like that. But I just – I don't like playing the hypothetical game. And this is not to attack you, Steve, because I've actually seen this from a couple people. Uh, they bring up the fact that, oh, I mean, they went to double overtime with Nebraska. Oh, they lost this point by – or they were down by five in this game, down by five in this game, and all these other things. Well, there's always a flip side to that. Like, there was, you know, games that they were up in – and that they lost like it's just I don't like playing the what if they lost this game game because you could also play the what if they won this game but I do I do understand the them kind of faltering down the stretch but to me personally I think that was more so them just getting complacent and bored more than anything and even if they were in those games down the stretch last year where they were struggling a little bit fact of the matter is coming into this season I expect a lot of players on Purdue to get better and that will also contribute to the fact that they're going to win games as well. So I see it both ways, but there's a reason why we feel the way we do about Purdue. And I think it's valid. Yeah. Also, like talking like they really faltered down the stretch. Obviously, they lost the game in March, but they they destroyed everybody at the Big Ten tournament. <laughs> like that was One the regular season. They, yeah, they, we saw it in person. They literally sleepwalked to a Big Ten title, not like blew everybody out, but like they really didn't do much they just showed up and they won they were so clearly better than everybody else at the big 10 tournament too and trust me we were at the time we were trying to lead the be skeptical of purdue bandwagon there was nothing we wanted to see more than purdue losing some of those games uh it didn't happen they're really good and i just i i think we should treat them like the team that was ranked top three in the country all season long more than the team that lost one game it was one game. It wasn't 30 games, and now they have to do it again. If they lose again, we can have the conversation, but as far as preseason goes, they're right there with Duke and with Kansas. Uh, two more comments quickly. Cart, Lucas F 8144 says, Riley Davis looks like he works at J. Crew and he worked at Banana Republic in the past. I mean, pretty, pretty fitting. <laughs> I think that's a good comment, Lucas. We did send that to Riley as well, and he was like, yeah, checks out. Uh, I know more than you said, late dump truck Elliot. No comment. Just wanted to say that. All right. 
that was the last comment of the day, Cart. Uh, thank you to the comment section, as always. Way to start the show on a positive note this week. Uh, keep them coming. Only 11 comments on Friday. Quiet episode on Friday in general. I would say we got to show Riley Fridays a little more love, but keep the comments coming, people. We welcome them. Uh, the more we get, the more the merrier this week as we move in to our first topic today. Cart, I specifically requested this topic from you. I want to talk about whether or not sports as a whole are cooked. We've made jokes that college basketball is cooked. I've talked to you offline about a lot of other sports that I feel might be cooked. Well, Cart, at the Open this week, British Open, Brian Harmon just won by six strokes. He didn't sweat for the final two days on Saturday or Sunday. Like John Rahm, oh, cute. He shot a... 63 or whatever it was on Saturday. He's going to make a charge. Rory's going to make a charge. Scotty Scheffler's still hovering. None of them made a charge. None of these dudes did a thing. Brian Harmon ran away with this. And the more I thought about a car, it's not just golf that this is happening in right now. This is happening in every single sport that we love in America. Like I, we had just had to watch Florida Atlantic play San Diego state in the final four. We had to watch San Diego state in a national championship game. We had to watch the Miami Heat in the NBA Finals just clearly get outclassed. We had to watch TCU in the college football championship just clearly get outclassed. Like, I'm I'm sick. I'm sick of watching mediocre teams in the highest spot they can be in in their sport or mediocre players dominate big tournaments. I want to see the best of the best. The only sport we've gotten to see the best of the best recently was Alcaraz Djokovic. What did we get, Cart? An all-timer, okay? I need the greats to be great. And I'm sorry, I'm just, I'm just ranting right now, but I need to get this off my chest. Greats need to be great. That goes for everybody in every sport. Alabama football, I need more from you. You can't let Georgia just cakewalk to two national titles and TCU and Michigan act like they're the next two best teams in the country. Blue Bloods, college basketball, where are you right now? Kansas, yeah, you won last year, fine. North Carolina, what are you doing missing the tournament? Duke, I need more from you. Regular season's fine. I need y'all to show up and make sure Florida Atlantic doesn't make their way to a Final Four again next season. NBA, Giannis, Antetokounmpo, I thought this was you. I thought this was your league. Luka Doncic, I thought you were next up, okay? Why are the Miami Heat, why is Gabe Vincent and Duncan Robinson starting in the NBA Finals? Because y'all can't take care of business. And Boston Celtics, that goes for you too, Okay. I'm just tired, Cart. I'm tired of watching average. I'm tired of watching fine and having to pretend like they made some magical run or they're good enough. I want to see the best of the best, and that means the greats got a great. Scotty Scheffler needs to win a tournament. He needs to make a putt and not finish last in the field and putting every single week, okay? Otherwise, we get Brian Harmon winning by seven strokes. That's all I got to say. Do you agree? Do you disagree? Am I being dramatic? What do you make of this? No, I, I 100% agree. And I know what people are going to say, too. It's going to be like, oh, but it's it's parody. Parody is what the great part is about sports. Yeah, a pinch of parody. I don't want to be drowning in parody. I want to see classic matches. I want to see greats. I texted you yesterday in a group chat that we're in, and I had just finished a nice morning nature walk. I had fired up a little morning fire, a little mid-afternoon fire. I had a nice cocktail in my hand. And I was like, I'm ready for a Sunday at the open. I'm ready for somebody to make a charge. I'm ready for somebody to want it. And instead, I watched a sub-six-foot human being take eight years to hit a golf ball while the rest of the field did nothing but smoke shots left and right and not wanted. Harmon got to the last hole, and he could have went putter the whole way and still won by three strokes. Like, it was that disgusting. And I I, I want to see the greats. Like you said, I want to see classics. I want to see Sundays with the, with the greats battling. I don't want to see the greats hitting a birdie on 18 to get to minus two and then chopping it up as a top 20 finish and just cashing the check. There has to be some type of fire in there. But I will say this, and this is the one thing I'm going to say. I saw a stat yesterday. It's one of the wildest things I think I've ever heard or at least seen in my, like, golf fandom. Uh, Brian Harmon inside 10 feet yesterday. Did you see this? Putts? I did see this. 
58 of 59 is insane. What it percentage is. are you going on 10 foot putts if you <laughs> if you got 60 of them? Pro- at, at the open on those screens, probably like 25%, maybe. <laughs> and you'd be ecstatic with that, probably, huh? Yes, I would. So <laughs> But here's here's the problem again. Like I, this is gonna sound like I'm just taking everything away from Brian Harmon, and essentially I am. Brian Harmon is supposed to go 58 for 59 card to put himself in contention, not to win the tournament running away with it. Like he's supposed to need to be that good to match John Rahm or to match Scotty Scheffler or to match Rory McIlroy. No, like those dudes all laid an egg. Okay, like that's. That's what's killing me. And yes, John Rob had the backwards hat moment. That's cool. That's the coolest thing he's done in three months. Okay. Like I, I need more. That's all I'm saying. Like I genuinely believe we have some greats in this world. Do you think we have some greats or like, do we need to change? What are you doing? What are you reacting to right now? I just got a tweet notification. What? Lions, Lions defensive back, CJ Gardner Johnson went down with a non-contact knee injury and had to be carted off practice ah yeah okay sorry sorry it's okay that's devastating we can keep going no it's a fitting end to this segment sports are just devastation sports are sadness and badness combination sorry i we gotta go we gotta move on let's persevere here just be great that's all i ask of you greats be great I think there's a lot of greats in sports. And don't be great for us. Be great for yourselves. Yeah. Get like, get back want, to being great. Just want, want to compete. I need franchises and players that aren't the Detroit Lions to stop acting like they're the Detroit Lions. Let's nice. move on. Uh Illinois got a commit cart. Jason Jaxtis. I hope I'm saying that correctly with his last name. Three star forward, 47th best power forward in the 2024 class. He's the seventh best senior in the state of Illinois. Uh, interesting offer list here, Cart. Kind of maps with the categorization of a three-star forward, though. According to 24-7, he had offers from Drake, Illinois State, Indiana State, and Lehigh. That's it. Eric Bossi, director, uh, 247 recruiting stuff, said now he may benefit from a red shirt. We'll be interested to see if other Big Ten schools step up. Other Big Ten schools did not step up. Uh, and then Jason himself has given this quote that uh, Illinois sees him as somebody like a Coleman Hawkins. I actually don't hate that comp from the film that I saw. Have you had a chance to watch any Jason Jackson's film? Should Illinois fans be excited about this commit? Uh, What do you make of this situation for Illinois? Uh, I think that honestly, like he's a rounding out a class type recruit. Like you take him, he's a project He's definitely a four-year guy. Hopefully, he turns into a Big Ten contributor. Um, so it's like a yeah, we're good to get, get him, but it's not anything that's going to move the needle for me. I think it's just a guy that just rounds out a class. I mean, they got Merez Johnson, who I think is an NBA player in He's that good. class. He's really, really good. Like the Illinois fans have a you know a right to be very hype about him. I actually wasn't as familiar with him as I should be until I started seeing Illinois fans really talking about him. And that's kind of when I really was like, okay, I got to catch like some of his games. That dude's a monster. That's an NBA player. Um, so, you know, it's, it's a, it's a good guy. I, it's, it's a take, I guess, in this case, it's a take. Hopefully he turns into something. If he doesn't move on, he probably goes to Lee hire Drake after, after a year or two, if he turns into something, it's good. It is what it is. But from the tape that I've seen, like he seems like one of the Ross players of all time and not like raw, like amazing, like literally kind of looks like he just learned to walk at some times, but very skilled, I will say. So, you know, I guess we'll kind of see what they got with them. I like the tape. <laughs> Are you shocked by that? I actually really liked what I, I saw. I, I am a little shocked that, that you like the tape. Yeah, I look, I, I feel like I've made myself notorious at this point on a string of sort of just negative comments on almost everything Illinois has done this offseason. I really didn't like their offseason. And uh, I did not expect when I see, oh, three-star forward commits to Illinois. Like, I did not go into that being like, this is a positive development. Uh, what I will say from watching the tape, I, I see I see upside there. I do. I think he can shoot it a little bit. I think he looks pretty fluid. 
He definitely needs to tighten up and refine almost everything he does offensively on the court. Like it raw is definitely a word you could use. Um, it just seems not even like out of control, but it just seems like it's not, there's not a lot of like fluidity, uh, or like direction with what he's trying to do. But when it works, it's like, Oh, that, that was eye popping. Like he can get up, he can finish at the rim. Um, I mean, I mean, like you said, it's uh, not to cut you off. Like you see, he's like probably what Coleman Hawkins was before Coleman Hawkins put it together. Like he's just putting it together later than Coleman Hawkins. I guess well, the, that's the comp. You're the interesting with. thing to me, it's I've made this comp with Coleman before. And this is who I see when I watch Jason Jackson's tape. I see a younger DJ Wilson in Jason Jackson's tape and Coleman and DJ was a comp I made quite a bit early in Coleman's career. Now I think Coleman has become a much better college basketball player than DJ Wilson ever was. Although DJ did get taken in the draft after really one season at Michigan. Whereas Coleman, I don't think has the draft ceiling that DJ did. Anyways, long story short, like that's sort of like the stretch four. Could you play him at a stretch five? Yeah. Like he's skilled. He can shoot it. He can block some shots. He can finish at the rim, but never like, I don't think you ever, envision Coleman even or DJ Wilson being like your best player. But if he's a guy who's like your fourth, fifth best player on the floor, that's usually a pretty good team. Um, Jaxtis, I think needs, he has a long way to go to get there, but that is what I could see from him as like an upperclassman. Like, is he like the fourth, fifth option on a good team? Yeah. I think I could see that happening. Um, I do think like it's scary, uh, not scary. Cause this is just a program take clearly, but like, I think you want your three stars. If you're Illinois as a program, you want your three stars to be guys that either other high majors sort of had their eye on, or were so under the radar that they committed to you before they like blew up recruiting wise and jumped from uh -huh. three, three star to four star. I don't think that's coming for Jackson's from what I saw. Like, I don't, I don't think anybody else big was going to offer him. I think Illinois, like, gave him an offer and he's like, I need to scoop that up if I want to play at this level. Um, but I don't know. Do you, do you think this is like Illinois finding a gem necessarily, or I guess, why do you think Brad Underwood extended this offer? I think that, uh, I think that Brad does think he found a gem. And I also, I don't know. I, I think the optics of it kind of look good too. I mean, I, it would look better if it was like a better in-state kid, but I think there's kind of some narrative that, and I, I truly don't believe it, but I just like heard it kind of in passing that like Illinois kids in Illinois aren't staying in Illinois to play like Chicago kids, Illinois kids aren't really staying in Illinois to play. So I think that kind of serves them well. And to me, he's a guy who plays at like some small high school in Illinois. So maybe no one did see him. Maybe he does kind of shoot up, but I just feel like it's a take at this point. Obviously they see something. And last thing I'll say on this is I know think back to last summer everyone or Illinois fans were extremely hype about Zachary Perrin and when I saw his tape I was just not impressed from the start yeah I was I was actually saw some things in this tape that I saw on this kid and what he could be as far as being raw and having some type of talent so like you said it's a take uh you hope it turns into something um and you know kind of I guess wait and see with him <laughs> There's also something to be said, given the era we're in in college basketball, to like, I think you almost have to recruit some program guys more than you normally would yeah. because you don't like, if you only recruit like high four star, five star kids, those kids want playing time immediately. And those kids also could piss off your other starters, which no program in Illinois knows more about or no, no program in the country knows more about than Illinois. Like, starters getting pissed off because there's a lot of competition here. Oh, no shit. Like I, you almost need to balance it of like a guy who's going to come in and not expect minutes and not need anything, but has some upside and that balances your roster really nicely. You don't piss off the guys that are currently in the rotation. You can still recruit transfer stars over this guy without the threat that he's going to leave. So I think uh, you don't want to have too many of them, but I think this is a really nice ad for Illinois that does have some upside and makes a lot of sense for Brad's program, given where the program is today. So uh, credit to Brad. Shout out to Illinois. This is the first time I think in a while you and I have both essentially both given a thumbs up to something Brad's done. Yeah. I, don't know. I don't know how we feel about that. Is that a good thing? <laughs> I don't know. Good job, Brad. Um, I think it is.
I also credit to me for not going another route with that segment. I had many different petty jokes I wanted to make, uh, take some shots, and that's I didn't do it. So credit to me. Pat myself on the back. Good job. Uh, positive energy on this Monday. Flory Badunga. I'm very confused on this kid. Cart, can we talk about it? First of all, am I saying Badunga correct? Badunga. That's that. That's how I. That's how I. I pronounce it so I don't know. So he has he has the greatest nickname then in college basketball already, right? Like Badunga Dunks. That ends right. That's the last time I want to hear that. I mean, he's Badunga Dunks. Like we that got is, I, Greg. That is the last time I want to hear that. Lori Badunga, aka Badunga Dunks, is uh, the number one center in this class. It's a great nickname. He's the number one center in this class, and uh, he's good, right? Like you love the tape on Flory. Yeah, I do. I think he's a he's a he's a monster. He'll be a dominant center in college basketball. I think he's an NBA center. Uh, he's one of those like scratching the surface type guys too. Like he just started playing basketball a little while ago, and he dunks everything. He catches everything. He's extremely strong, extremely mobile. Uh, you know, everything about him screams like he could be a dominant college center if he's able to stretch the floor. Then it becomes like a we're looking at a NBA superstar type player. Don't know if he'll be able to do that, but I think that's part of his game he needs to work on. Uh, but he's extremely dominant. Uh, Michigan State was in on him for a long, long time. Uh, he's a Kokomo, I think Kokomo, Indiana kid, I want to believe. That's what he is. Yeah, I know he's an Indiana kid. I believe Kokomo High School. Um, Michigan State was in on him. Did not stack up with the other big dogs. Mm, shame. No, big big dogs was right. You're right. They're they're definitely <laughs> level levels to the big dogs. I was I was referring to to Duke and in Kansas, I believe, in this situation. And so, Auburn and Michigan, uh, who are the final four for Badunga Dunks. Is is it Indiana in there? I'm sorry, didn't you? No, it's that? Duke, Duke, Kansas, Michigan, and Auburn are his final four. Oh, uh, I thought Indiana was in there. Oh. No, those are the final four. Let me just reset this with with Flory because great player. Super talent, going to be awesome in college wherever he goes for a year. Uh, I am annoyed with this recruitment as I'm annoyed with 90% of what's happening in college basketball everywhere right now. But like nobody knows what's happening in this recruitment and everybody's acting like they know what's happening in this recruitment. And it's really frustrating me. Like we got reports on Friday that a decision could come this weekend and then by the end of the weekend, it was, well, this is dragging out. It might be another month or so. If you ask Duke insiders, they think they lead. If you ask Kansas insiders, they think they lead. If you ask Michigan insiders, they think it's down to them and Kansas. If you ask Auburn insiders, I don't know what they say because I don't even know if Auburn has insiders, but I would assume that Auburn says it's between them and Duke. The point is nobody knows and nobody's willing to just say that nobody knows. Like everybody's trying to present like they have access to information with Flory Bedunga that they don't have. Nobody knows when this kid's going to commit. Nobody knows if it's going to be in 24 hours or if it's going to be in 24 weeks. Like I, none of this makes sense to me. The one thing I will say, I feel extremely confident in. I don't think there's a chance that Michigan wins this recruitment. You no, can, they're not going to win it because they're not, they're not going to win it based off that recruitment picture that Flory took. Have, have you seen that? <laughs> I have. Where it's Jawan and the staff and Flory has the football Jersey on and they're, they're spinning the football and warming their hands. They immediately lost the recruitment <laughs> battle when I saw that picture. I'm sorry. Hey, Michigan football's back up though. At least uh, it's better than when they were doing that when Devin Gardner was at quarterback. Um, That's true. Well, uh, you know, I, I consider ourselves people who hear things in ramblings and, do you have a lean for Flory? Because to me, I don't. At least what I, but at least what I've heard is it's going to be an Adidas school because he's an Adidas kid. It, what I've heard is everything. <laughs> That's why I'm trying to. If I'm an insider, if I have access to inside information, let me be the first insider on earth that's just honest enough to say nobody knows. Okay, <laughs> nobody knows because some people say it's obviously Adidas and there's strong ties, and then some people say the ties are meaningless in this recruitment. Like that's literally those two reports came through last week at the same time. So I don't think anybody knows. Here's where I would base my opinion that I don't think Michigan has a chance in this recruitment, though. The common thread of the last couple of years of Juwan Howard has been that the Michigan staff or somebody involved in the program keeps leaking that Michigan has a great chance and believes they lead like the, the, 
talk inside the walls in that locker room is they believe they lead for commitments that they don't even have a real chance in. That's been the case for the la- all of last cycle. Isaiah Collier, hello, into all of this cycle, okay? Like, look no further than uh, multiple people who love to go on Twitter and say this will be over in the next 24 hours, and then it's not. I mean, Jose Perez, bye-bye. So uh, I am frustrated because no one anywhere nationally is reporting that Michigan has a chance in this recruitment. But Michigan insiders are reporting that Michigan is in it with Kansas. Like, it it's just really frustrating to me as a fan to feel like the people that cover this program the closest are misleading the fan base. Um, so I have no access to information. I've heard all the same things everybody else has heard. But I'm willing to say I don't think Michigan has a chance on Flory. And that's my personal opinion and nothing more than that. If you guys do get Flory, are you back? No, <laughs> no. I mean, like, what's back? Like, like back in the tournament. I, back in a sense that he plays the same position as Terrace Reed, and those two can't play together. But Juwan will try to play them together. It's Twin Towers. Back, like, I, it would be a great ad, right? I mean, like, you feel good about a roster that has Doug McDaniel and Terrace oh, and yeah, on it. Anytime, anytime you add, like, who cares about a fit? Like, you're adding the best player, one of the best players in the class. I do think like this, this Michigan core is promising, even if they're not great. This like Doug McDaniel, Terrace Reed and Amari Burnett each have three years of eligibility remaining. Are you put, are you considering yo-yo in that core or not? Not not until he plays, not until he makes a shot from the floor. That is not a three pointer. Okay. Is Cheddar a part of the core? Uh, where it, at, <laughs> at his ranch or for Michigan basketball? <laughs> like his ranch, I, I, he's definitely a core part of the the whoever's taking the the, eco, the ecosystem. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he has. There's a lot of cows that really depend on Will. Um, I, look, there's three players I care about on this roster cart. Okay, I, I named them: Terrace, Namari, Doug. If you add Flory to that, uh, he's the best player. He's the most talented guy. He's redundant to Terrace Reed. To your point earlier in the episode, maybe Terrace Reed gets pissed and leaves if they add Flory Badunga. I don't know. But if I can get Doug McDaniel and Badunga Dunks on the same roster for four months, that would be really Doug, fun. Doug, 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 and Doug and Badunga. I mean, it's, a, it's, a, it's a tongue twister. Badunga Dugs? Okay. Doug and Badunga Dunks? Okay. I I don't know. They're not going to get it. So let's just move on. He's going to go to Kansas. <laughs> uh, one big thing. Let's end the episode on that. All right, my one big thing presented by Big B. Presented by Big B, of course. Come on, don't don't do that to me. I actually stopped in at Big B on the way home. I'm about to get a teddy bear, ice teddy bear, twenty ounce. Can't wait. Um, but my one big thing, I just want to send a shout out to my boy G Fed. Uh, I sent you the TikTok that he sent to, or that he made a couple days ago, and I was just completely honored. First of all, if no one knows uh, G Fed TikTok, great guy, great account grinder blue collar dude like literally everything sleepers encompasses that's what this guy is doing with content he does great stuff and he actually shouted us out on his tiktok saying that he wanted to do something with us and collab with us that's happening you, they, we didn't even need a tiktok for that just sir just so you know so i just want to send a shout out to him i know he listens to a lot of our episodes too he's commented before and we've interacted on twitter too so that's my one big thing i just want to shout out to my boy g fed i appreciate the shout out and just know we see you and appreciate your content too. I think that's my favorite one big thing either of us has had so far. Shout out to G Fed. I did. Uh, you sent me the TikTok, and then I texted you probably within thirty seconds and said, "We have to get this kid right. Like we we, we might have to like somehow force this man to be part of Sleepers Media." Uh, yeah. I, yeah. At some point, we will definitely do something with him. If you're listening to this, G Fed. Uh, you're doing great stuff. That's what I want you to hear from me. Like you, I, I'm really impressed with everything you're putting out. His TikTok series right now has he has multiple series that have just like blown up and gone super viral recently. But the biggest one is like, can he just walk on to like a D1 facility at various colleges and try okay. to get on the I football like those, field? I like those, I like those ones and the staying in the baseball stadium until they kick him out. That Wrigley video was crazy and had yeah. like a million views overnight, if not more. Um. 
but no, I like the coolest thing about that video series. Now we're just like doing shameless plugs of G fed, but he deserves it. So let's do it. Uh, the coolest part about it to meet Car- like he's, he's grinding for those. Like nobody is yeah. like sending him and giving him behind the scenes access. I think some schools have noticed him now and are like willing to help him a little more. But like this started with a dude who loves college sports being like, I'm just going to go drive two hours to this campus and with my phone, make something unique. And people really gravitated toward that. It does remind me of what we tried to do with college hoops to go, which was let's get in the car, let's go places and we're going to make something cool. So shout out to G fed. Totally agree. Uh, he's a grinder. He's busting his ass. He's making incredible stuff. And uh, G fed, if you're listening to this, we are very interested and working with you, whether it's for a collaboration or whether there's ways to potentially work together even more. So there's my recruiting pitch to you. My one big thing today presented by Bigby. Uh, I watched another Christopher Nolan movie last night. <laughs> what movie? I watched the prestige. Have you heard of the prestige? I haven't heard of that. No. So Christian Bale and Hugh Jackman are competing magicians. And I'm in. I was in when I read that as the descriptor, but like, I, I think it's in my top five movies already. Immediately, really? yeah. And so, so how, I, many, I'm, how many how many Christopher Nolan movies make up your top five? Now? I'm gonna say it's now it's now three. It's now three of my top five: uh, Dark Knight, Inception, and Prestige. Right now, Cart off first watch, I would put Prestige behind Inception and ahead of Dark Knight in my movie hierarchy. I gotta, I gotta watch these movies. Are you? Last thing I do want to say: Are you like a movie at home over a movie in a theater type? I would rather see it in the theater, but given my current life circumstances, yeah, true, not true. possible. Yeah. Okay, I feel like I need to be more uh, conscious of just watching movies at home. But I'm just so spoiled. Like I love the theater experience. I love the theater popcorn, the pop machines that are touchscreen with elite options. Like I need a diet Coke cherry vanilla like i need that so if we were doing like a a mount rushmore of pops i think movie theater soda has to be up there oh 100 yeah mcdonald's diet coke you like jimmy john's ice i'm pretty sure yeah jimmy john's ice jimmy john's ice is great yeah i would put mcdonald's diet coke jimmy john's diet coke movie theater combination combination uh and then combination (laughs) And then uh, Chick Fil A, the Giannis yeah. lemonade, lemonade Sprite is fantastic, but I can't drink drinks the losers drink anymore. So, is what it is. Great episode today, Car. Thanks for making this work from your tiny house in Ohio. We appreciate it. Uh, we will be back Tuesday this week, and stay tuned because Wednesday, Car and I are playing golf and tennis in person together. That should be fun. Uh, Like and subscribe and all of that mess. And we'll see you tomorrow.